Welcome to the Book of Medora. The Book of Medora is the name of the show, if I pronounce it correctly. I'm Crystal. With me is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. Last we left off, Link didn't find the fifth sage anywhere in the (laughs) other three towns of Hyrule. Link realized there was a fifth sage. He was looking up and down and all around, but there just isn't one. There was a person in the background of these memories, but... Uh, what memories? We haven't had him collecting any memories because we've been doing this shit ultra linearly, remember? Remember well, that thing we did? I would like to point out that when you talk to each of the sages and they have their memories that Link shares with them, there is this weird Zonai lady in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody kind of says anything about it. She's cool. Is she? Nobody knows anything. Yeah, but she looks cool. She does look cool. And then um, let's search around Hyrule for, well, we were searching around Hyrule. And we've concluded that the only place we haven't gone is Kakariko. That's right. Home of the Sheikah. Except a bunch of crap fell on it. (laughs) That is true. A bunch of crap did fall on it. The Zonai donut box fell off the the shelf. And just crashed down on top of it. We thought this town was going to be destroyed pre-release. It really looked rather destroyed. Yeah, it was in a rough spot, to be sure. I, I'm i kind of amused by the fact that it's clearly now an important cultural heritage archaeological site. But right. those, those ring ruins really look like a whole bunch of other ring ruins in the sky. Yes, they look like any other big set of circular buildings you can find up there in the skydiving islands. Yes, but uh, it's it's a tourist town now. Yeah, I guess it kind of is. The idea being that people are drawn by the ring ruins and um, Paya, who is now the chief of Kakariko Village, is trying to set it up so that people have a reason to come there and Kakariko can make more of a mark for itself in wider Hyrule. By being a tourist trap? I don't know (laughs) if I'd call it a tourist trap. Having an attraction doesn't make it a trap. But they, they were already the most historic village in all of Hyrule. Yeah, but they were also like a super secret hidden village that you had to walk all around the mountains to get up to. The upheaval, unless I'm misremembering really badly, I feel like the path to get up to Kakariko Village is a lot simpler than it was in Breath of the Wild. I don't remember. I don't remember it being that hard or different. I also did not notice. <laughs> okay, well... But there's now wreaths for sale by the older daughter, and you can stick it on your shield. Was that Coco? Is it Kiki and Coco? Yeah, it's, I think it's Kiki and Coco, and I think Coco's the older daughter. She's the one who wanted to do right by Mother. Now she will. Now she makes Mother in Heaven happy. Hold De- on. Definitely don't set the wreaths on fire. Wait, you can do that? I mean, if it's on your shield, then your shield catches on fire. I'm looking up this child. Yeah, it's Coco and Katla. Oh, Katla, okay. Yeah, I guess Kiki's the name of the monkey. Yes, <laughs> Kiki is the name of the monkey. But Coco grew up like she she's the big kid model now. And I think that since 
Monica and I went to Kakariko fairly early just to see how it was going. We saw Coco and we had <gasps> Coco grew up. And that's how we knew that a lot of time had passed. <laughs> Crystal, when did you go to Kakariko? I went to Kakariko pretty early. And then I noticed, oh, I can't get up there. That I'll probably be able to do that for the fifth stage, right? That would make sense. And then I came back when it was time. I, so, so you were just waiting for the story event that would happen that would unlock that ruin. Yes. I uh, stupidly revisited every so often to see if I could sail on in there uh, past the monitoring of Dr. Callip. Yeah, Monica has this thing where she comes back after every major story event and talks to every single character to see if there's any new hints about something that she's trying to get. And if there were fewer characters in this game, she would do it with every single character in the entire game. I would like to call this the Tales of Training. <laughs> Is that what Tales of Symphonia made you do? A lot of the Tales games have conversations buried in between quests, including having to leave your set pathway and go way back and talk to some guy there in order to get some item or cutscene or something. So Tales of Destiny trained you to do this. I didn't play any of those, but... Oh, I'm sorry. Which was the original? Uh, Fantasia. Tales of Fantasia. Okay. There wasn't even conversations in the version I played. Oh, okay. But but generally, yes. I guess it was from Symphonia. That is such a devious design. It's not great. It is a way to severely pad out the game, I think. <laughs> it, it would basically cause somebody to, who's like me to play with a constant guide, which is probably why I haven't played those games in a while. Did you get any cool conversations by doing this in Tears of the Kingdom? Um, there are conversations here. There's a lot here. of unique conversations. Yeah, there's a lot of unique conversations of things, so I didn't miss or regret doing this. I just could repeatedly not get into the final ring, but you can do a lot in Kakariko, do a lot of the side quests, um, get up to a lot of the other ring ruins. And there's like little stories or events around them, like the guy who's sleeping on one. So we're we're talking about Kakariko Village. Do we want to talk about like how things have changed since Breath of the Wild? Yes. Crystal, did you notice anything in particular while you were exploring and seeing all the tourist trap sites of Kakariko Village? You mean other... You're talking about what's changed other than the tourist traps. Other than the ruins falling on top, yes. Well, Paya is now the chief of the village. Impa has retired. That's true. I like her redesign. Yes, it's very nice. Hat's too big. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the thing, isn't it? I like that it's got this brace underneath it so that it's held up high enough that you can still see her face. Is that the size of Impa's hat? Yes. I think it might be the same hat. <laughs> so, effectively, the chief of the village... Uh, earns the hat and then gets mashed down by it until they're a short little grandma. Yes. Yes. <laughs> One day we will all be short little grandma, say the chiefs of Kakariko Village. She has a little bit more to do in this game than the previous game. Well, yeah, all she did in the previous game was pray and polish some uh, statuary. But she's actually like a student of Zonai architecture and language in this one yes she doesn't sleep at all i mean she nods off for about 45 minutes a day crystal what did you think about pie in this one i wish that she had a little more to do than staring up at the donut and going huh 
Something should do something about that. <laughs> Shame that Zelda, who looked very strange and didn't stay and didn't have any life in her eyes, told us to stay away from that thing. Yes. We should let our listeners know who decide to experience the story through us. That when you come in and ask about the one area of the ruins you can't go see, Pio's like, Zelda showed up and with the coldest expression that I've ever seen, said that nobody was allowed to go up there. And she never asked if everyone was all right, in spite of all of these ruins falling all over the village. That's how you know she's she's different or evil. Yeah. Do you feel like they were trying to pair her off with Taro? It seemed a little bit like that, yeah. They do have a little bit of that energy. They have a lot of conversations like, oh, wow, Taro, you're True. so smart. And here's your Luralin accent sticking up. Yes. I mean, he is very big and very nice, which are two qualities Paya is... Well, one quality that Paya is historically very into. Muscle muscle boys? No, nice guys. Nice guys? Ooh. No, genuinely. Oh, genuinely nice guys. Okay, I shouldn't say nice guys. I should say uh, gregarious people who are very studious. Okay, yes. No, she previously she was into short kings, but I think that may have been just like a consequence of being into Link. And it's like now that she sees Tora, she's like, oh, I like big guys. That's fair. That's fair, Paya. She still seems to kind of like Link, and there's a unique conversation for some reason if you run around naked around her. Oh, yes. What does she say? Uh, she kind of turns into her shy self a little bit and requests that you put some clothes on. I think she very pointedly turns away from yes. you instead of hiding her face. So even that is a little bit of... Um, Character growth. Yes. Um, I feel like Kakariko actually has a lot of different changes to the area like everybody seems to have a little bit of something new yes compared to all the other towns basically hey what happened to the chicken man the chicken man followed impa that's right he's taking impa around okay what about his wife then wife is still in the store but now a little bit sadder i think chicken man never tried to reconcile with her sometimes divorces are for a good reason I guess, but he's just, she does need to find her a nice younger man. Get away from these older men. That dude's like 20 years your senior. He doesn't know shit about anything. I liked the little extra story around the plum grove and now how you definitely can't nuke it because they've set a cuckoo there as an alarm. Not that I'm a person who would go in and purposefully bomb that plum grove, of which I absolutely am. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Uh, the the two guys who like armor and attack uh, continue arguing and then reconcile and then are now doing that humorous thing where now they're arguing about being the nicer friend, like after you, after you. Oh, yeah. Cute. The cuckoos, the other cuckoos have all ba- uh, banded together to keep their eggs. Yes. <laughs> Crystal, did you do this? They're keeping their eggs? Yes. So the old lady shopkeeper of the item store is like, there's a short of, of eggs. We have some cuckoos around, but they mysteriously disappear. and They've stopped laying eggs. So you can follow them and they run each morning up the ramps uh, to the ring ruins, up to the tall bump mountains. And there's like a little hole you can go in and inside are like 20 cuckoos and their nests and you can harvest a shit ton of eggs. Yeah, it, I, I really enjoyed following the cuckoos because you have to follow them for like eight hours to get up to where their secret nesting spot is. 
it's uh it's just sort of magical it felt if it's silly to say but it felt like a little majora's mask side quest just because it was so odd and out of the way yes they didn't draw attention to no not at all you just see kuko's running around in uh, you know around the town every day and sometimes if you pay a lot of attention which nobody does sometimes you'll notice that they're all taking the same path from day to day Hmm. hmm hmm see what else is going on kotla has a mini quest in which she learns the recipes of her mom her mom has a secret cave yeah it's not even about the recipes so much as it is about being down in the secret cave that her mom like dug out beneath or discovered beneath kakariko and then you find her mother's diary down there and her wishes for her children and her husband yes it's a lot man I think Kakariko is the one place in Breath of the Wild, maybe besides Zora's Domain, where it's really clear that they meant for there to be some uh, progress from the characters based on who they were and what they were doing in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the biggest quest uh, here is the old grandma that got uh, afflicted with gloom. Oh yeah, did you help her, Crystal? I did not help this poor grandma. <gasps> you didn't make kanji for the grandma? No, I didn't. Why not? I didn't meet her. <laughs> she was very out of the way. Yeah, she's in and a house. Link has a quest. And do we think the gloom kind of cures itself after a while? Um, it can, but she needs to be out in the sunlight for it instead of in a house. Yeah. And, oh, Crystal, does that mean that you never brought the prices down to normal in the armor shop in Kakariko? No, what do I need to buy armor for? <laughs> the Sheikah set. For sneaking. To, to look cool. I don't. I never sneak in these games. <gasps> Monica sneaks constantly. But what about catching beetles? I guess I sneak when I need to catch a beetle. <laughs> uh, Leslie is is trying to make kanji for her grandma, which is a very Asian thing to want to do. It's like the qu- chicken soup equivalent, right? And needs some sort of an ingredient that would will cure this terrible gloom affliction. Maybe if you're so old, you just can't automatically heal from it. Or maybe it's different for Link. I mean, it could be. We see lots of people with gloom affliction having to sit out in the sunlight for days at a time. Yeah. It's a disease that can only be cured by touching grass. True. <laughs> Nobody in Hyrule is better at touching grass than Link. When you when you scroll Twitter too much, you are afflicted with the gloom. The gl- and you have to sit in the sunlight to cure yourself. You know. You've let Elon infect you with the gloom. That's fair enough. And a good reminder that we should all... Get off Twitter. Forever. Uh, yeah. Um, once... Uh, the the store's... Uh, clothing store's prices are being uh, inflated because... They are being jacked up. They're trying to raise money for some sort of a, a miraculous cure, uh, though they they really don't like it or having to do it. And uh, Lasley has been holding back on her dream to join what's her name's fashion mogul empire. CC. CC. But uh, after you make some sen- Sunday line uh, kanji, Grandma's all better. Lasley can go on her way, and the clothing store drops his prices and refunds you anything extra you paid she does yes wow that's actually pretty nice i never paid for anything before getting wait how do you know that i've seen cutscenes. oh okay i thought you were going to say that you paid the inflated prices no i i did not have two thousand or nine thousand rupees or whatever amount it was oh okay money's not cheap in this game 
It is not. I kill a lot of guys, so it's not too hard to come by for me. But yeah, it, it it's definitely a bit tighter than in Breath of the Wild. I feel like it was a bit tight in Breath of the Wild too, but until you get a lot of ore. Well, I mean, okay, t- but also if you're like Crystal and you don't need to buy armor, then you don't need as much money regardless. Yeah. Or, or did you feel the squeeze still, Crystal? I still felt the squeeze, just like buying arrows and such. Yeah, that's fair. I wish I wish that Link could just like get a job. <laughs> could do the Fable 2 job where you just play golf for 10 minutes and then <laughs> that- have money. Golf? You, ha- you have to do like a golf meter to hit it in the right spot. Oh. It's a little mini game like that. Crystal, have you ever played any of the No More Heroes games? No, I haven't. Well, one of the things you have to do in that series is in order to progress to a mission where you go to fight one of the assassins, you have to raise money to buy in to the fight. And the way that you do this is by performing odd job mini games. Oh, that's so that's so cool. Right. So I think that maybe at some point you could look into those games because I think that you can get all three or four of them fairly cheap nowadays. But uh, yeah, I think the aesthetics behind those games might be up your alley, at least with regards to raising money to participate in the game. What job would you give Link? Woodcutter. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty fitting job that historically pays terribly. Lawnmower. True. (laughs) Maybe if they could set aside little platforms, I guess there's already platforms, but... There's people at the platforms who need help building a house or something. His ultra hand abilities would make him a pretty shitty but effective carpenter. It would be kind of funny. You'd build awful houses and They'd stables. Like, this looks and- like crap. <laughs> but also, it's solid as a rock. I think you use nails afterwards. Uh, just like Addison? Yes. Okay. Addison paid all right. Yeah, he gave you like 20 bucks and a little special thingy every time. It's true. Gave you like three things. Okay. The money, uh, a food, item, and then a food. The, it's the money, the food, and then the special prize, which is sometimes a stable ticket. Yes. I'm sorry. Aren't we in Kakariko Village? <laughs> We're in Kakariko. We're trying to raise money by picking plums or trimming the plum trees. What? No, you can't touch them. You got to go over there and you, you do a nice little bit of shearing on them to make sure that only the healthy branches are growing. I don't think that old lady will entrust you with it. No. No, she would sooner shoot you with a gun. Or the cuckoo. Yes. Um, the messages in the ring ruins aren't, aren't all that. But uh, once you have done the Hyrule Castle thing and revealed that Zelda is not Zelda. And talk to Pura. And talk to Pura. Oh, you can go, yeah, and talk to Paya and go, hey... That's not Zelda, and she's like, <gasps> "I guess, I guess that makes sense." Did did either of you actually have this conversation with Paya? Yes. I don't think I did. <laughs> you you can get permission before. Did you just dive right into the floating ruin? That's right. I just ran right past her. Oh, okay. I was like, I better get some sort of acknowledgement that I can finally go back in there and maybe punch the doctor, even though I really like the doctor being an ass or very devoted to his job. He is very devoted. Um, yeah, P- Paya just goes, okay, so if if that wasn't Zelda and that was, you know, a emissary of Ganon or whatever, then whatever's in that ruin 
might actually help us with defeating him. Good reasoning, Paya. Shame that there's no way for us to actually get in there because it's shaped all weird. Like you'd have to use a send to get in there. <laughs> so we do. You take a photo like the other ring ruins and then uh, Taro translates and the message is promise dot 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 Zelda dot 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 solemnly signed Minru Sage hide the key and trust future wish defeat Demon King uh, something about a, a dragon land. Oh, sorry, it's something in the, the southeast. And then Pia is the one that goes, oh, it says Dragonland. She's been doing some good reading. Dragonland? Theron. Theron. Where all the dragon statues are. Do you think that the dragon statues were there prior to the events of the backstory? Or were those dragons erected for the purpose of this quest? They must have been erected for the purpose of this quest if it was written as Dragonland on the on the tablet. It it's possible it could have been a land where there was already dragon iconography or or worship. But there's definitely like the four key really high ones with the shiny horns are uh, specifically designed or redesigned to facilitate this this activity. Cam, do you have any thoughts? Not at the moment. I mean. I tend to think that probably they pre-existed, but parts of it were clearly constructed just for this. So it, it could all have been made after, but the towers where you make the little sacrifices uh, feel different from the rest of the architecture. If it's after, theoretically, it could have been Zelda Dragon Worship. I'm sorry, I, I was a little bit distracted because I was over here having timeline thoughts. Okay. It's not strictly related to this. Is it okay if I ask y'all a question about the broader timeline just real quick? Okay. Mm -hmm. So one of our things about placing the backstory of Tears of the Kingdom where we do currently is that there's apparently no Master Sword and no Hero, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. And we think that this version of Hyrule takes place in the um, Spirit Tracks version of the kingdom. That's right. When did the Master Sword get to the Spirit Tracks kingdom? I don't think it ever did. Can, can you can you expand on that for your old well, pal Cameron? We know that it was lost in the Great Sea, so that link never took it to New Hyrule. Right. And it was in the Great Sea, so how did it get here? I think the way that we have it explained is that the worlds kind of fuse together between the games. Right. Did we not? Yeah, we, we've got that. But at the same time, I don't think we ever actually addressed the question of the Master Sword itself. Hmm. Okay. Because it was forged in Hylia's land. Mm -hmm. And we've never actually seen it in Spirit Tracks. That's right. So we have no confirmed knowledge of it being Monica's trying to see if she can finagle some way to read the Locomo sword as... No, I just googled the Locomo sword. Because <laughs> it I, is I the, wanted to remember which sword it, it was. It is an equivalent to the goddess sword. Is it probable or possible the Master Sword could have been brought over from somewhere else? Well, like Crystal just mentioned, the last we saw of it, it was at the bottom of the Great Sea. For or that. it was in the Lost Woods. Or it was in the Lost yes. Woods. I was going to say the other branches. 
Okay. So I guess I have to ask the question. Let's set aside the accursed timeline mm -hmm. for a moment. Okay. okay. Is that Master Sword and that Ganondorf still at the bottom of the sea? That's a great question. I, I think I've seen art, fan art, of how the pedestal in the Lost Woods or by the Deku Tree is just atop of a statue. Oh, like Ganon is like a foot underground. Yes. I mean, I think if the Lost Woods of both Hyrules are connected, that could be a means by which that Master Sword gets here. But then there's another Master Sword under the ocean. Okay, so the Master Sword that we last saw in, we'll say, Link Between Worlds, since that's the sequel to Twilight Princess, uh, uh -huh. which was left in the Lost Woods. That's right. Okay, okay, so this could be that Master Sword. But there's a possibility that there's still another Master Sword under the sea. That's right, even though we've said before there's only one Master Sword. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that, because if there were those Master Swords, is it possible that the backstory of Tears of the Kingdom, just follow me here for a second, takes place after Spirit Tracks, before the Master Sword is brought over? Interesting. Because Zelda says earliest legends, but earliest legends doesn't necessarily mean that it's the beginning of time. Very interesting. They do have some other legends that would then be earlier. Yeah, but they don't have an idea of the chronology yes, of them. Yes, I agree. They don't talk about another kingdom. That's true. Ac across the sea. They might not know about all that. Does... Hmm. Well, I was about to say, is spirit tracks even canon with tears of the kingdom but we don't play like that on this podcast of course it's canon the thing about there only being we established that there's only one triforce yes and yes. they sort of snap back and forth and so on the master sword i think skyward sword is a complexity but we've established that there's definitely a goddess sword yes in this game 100 percent. that's true which could become another Master Sword. So there must be more than one Master Sword. There, There is at least, not that there must be more than one Master Sword, but there is certainly the possibility. The possibility space. Yes, the possibility for more than one to exist. And just because it was used as a sort of key in Skyward Sword doesn't necessarily mean there couldn't be others or more than one simultaneously. But this, But according to this game... And the way that they talk about the spirits of weapons, there can only be one Master Sword at a time, more or less. It's just that it's not physically true, but there can only be one in spirit. So if the Master Sword is beneath the Great Sea, does that count as being lost for the purposes of making another Master Sword? I don't think that... I'm not suggesting they made another one. Right. I'm not, I don't think that there's only one spirit of a weapon. The Master Sword has the spirit of the hero, though. That's pretty singular. It's tied to the spirit of the hero. Maybe they all decay. <laughs> okay, well, let me ask you this. Let's say you have an axe. Mm -hmm. You replace the head. Oh, God. You replace the handle. Then the old handle and head, you fix those up individually and put them together. Are there two of the same axe? Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. Especially when you think about like Fee, Fi, Fee. It doesn't matter how you say Fi. She's a program and effectively a very sophisticated, intelligent program 
but programmed into the sword. And there's going to be several instances of her. She'll experience different things and sort of branch off into different variations that way. But there would be a fee per sword. Okay, so the fee of Breath of the Wild is not necessarily the same one as Skyward's sword. Yes. Another sword spirit of the same make and model. Yes. Not the same uh, ID number. Or it could be even the same ID number, but it's just through timey-wimey bullshit. All timeline versions. Yeah, there's like version A, version B, version C. This is getting complex. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to... I know that there isn't actually that much extra conflict brought to the Accursed Timeline by Tears of the Kingdom, but when it comes time to retweak the timeline, I think it would be good to look at it with fresh eyes and see if there are different connections we can make between certain games. Yes. Because we've had like, it's been what, four years since we put up that episode? That's right. God. All right, please, let's continue talking about Kakariko Village. We we get up in there with Ascend and we read the thing and it's like, okay, go to Faron. Yes, Taro and Dr. Callip are going to go do research in Faron. I, I don't ship Paya with Taro because I think Dr. Callip and Taro make a cute couple. Are you fucking with me right now? <laughs> Callip no, is no, let her cook. <laughs> Callip is so in love with Taro. Go on. Every time Taro encourages Callip, we get some extra dialogue where Callip in his curmudgeonly self goes, no, say that again. I'm being acknowledged. You said I was fantastic. And uh, apparently Taro calls him doctor at one point in in Callip's recollection, and he's just never been treated so well. Yes, there's a whole bunch of diary entries from Callip about this. Age gap, yowie. There there is something about... um college professor and um well no independent scholar independent scholar just like there's academia. a 20 <laughs> academia yaoi yeah okay you're kind of selling me a little bit and it's a younger professor older student situation yeah 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 that's the real stuff that's the very complicated uh power dynamic relationship kind of thing if there's not like a power dynamic per se taro is not his student yes it's very flat no 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 crystal's saying that callop is taro's student oh yeah (laughs) just a big strong young professor and his skinny old student (laughs) okay crystal you you said you think this is cooking yeah yay okay i'll accept this because crystal says so though on some level i think I suspect that you might just be putting Paya off by herself to cordon her off because as a romantic rival to Link or to Zelda, that means she can't have shit. What? Yeah. No. Monica. If you're a shipper, I think what you do is you try to pair off all the other rivals. You don't eradicate them by shipping them with other people. I see. But anyways, this is the cuter ship. <laughs> We're not the only ones to interpret it this way. I have a Kotaku article by one Kenneth Shepard published May 15th, 2023. Tears of the Kingdom may include the Zelda series' first gay character. 
Based on journal entries, Callop seems to be down bad for Taro. <laughs> first of all, the first gay character in Zelda is the Carpenters and Tingle. E- yeah. Some people might argue for Link, depending. But these journals do read like 19th century journals that people say seems kind of gay, to be honest. <laughs> What's Wait a minute. this with this, guys liking guys? The first gay character in Zelda in the sequel to the game that gave us Prince Sidon. That's right. Okay. What about what about Bolson? Bolson is very gay coded, but he's he counts as one of the carpenters. Carpenters okay. in Zelda games are just gay. I guess. Huh. Is that is that a fair reading, Crystal? Yeah, the carpenters are definitely gay. Except for Hudson. Well, that's why he's not a carpenter, he's a capitalist. Oh god. Also, um, all Gerudo are female, so whether you're gay or not, you can still marry a Gerudo because it's like if you fall in love with a Gerudo, gender doesn't enter into it. Hmm. A gay lesbian marriage. <laughs> yes. Now that's cooking. Sometimes I just say shit and it floats out into the ether and I think, am I going to have to remove this from the podcast later? But this one I'm just going to have to let sit there. I feel like I need to like draw diagrams, but... <laughs> Uh, let's let's go and join join uh, Taro in Faron with Doctor Callop. With Doctor Callop, Doctor Callop is making camp uh-huh. at the Skyview Tower. Yeah, I bet he's making camp. What? And please continue. Uh, and Taro is at one of the Dragon Towers there, and he's like, "Ah, oh, look at this mural of somebody who looks a lot like Link." in a Zonai outfit kneeling, and the instructions are to wear this outfit and offer a charged, what do you call them? Zonai core? Yeah. Construct core? C- co- charged core? Zonai charged? Large charge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh, on the altar. What could that mean? Also, there's this relic back there that I can't open, but it looks like it's storing something. And also, it shows a... An illustration of a guy wearing a really, really, really revealing outfit. Yeah, Link. Yeah. So Link kicks open the chest, puts on the outfit, uh, finds the other outfits. This is the one that looks like Raru's outfit, right? Yes. Which suggests that Raru himself is a priest. Yeah, I guess so. Or my thought around that is perhaps this area... And the outfit is meant to commemorate Raru, since this was built after. Well, Raru is also a um, singer. Yes. Which is a duty that is not uncommon in the priesthood. So I really do think that he was probably a priest of dragons. Hmm. That's cool. But this also leads me to think that all of the elemental outfits you get in this game are like outfits of Zonai priesthood. To worship the individual dragons. Or to worship the corridors of power. Worship the Lord of Dragons, the Lord of Boars, and the Lord of... Um, Owls? Owls. You never did answer my question about worshipping Zelda as a dragon. What do you mean? You got into your timeline question. What worshipping of Zelda? Uh, is, do the dragons in this area potentially also commemorate the light, the light dragon? dragon? Oh, that's an interesting question. What do you think, Crystal? That would make a lot of sense because Zelda is the queen and the goddess. I feel like the statuary here depicts Faroche more, but I might just be imagining them having Faroche-style horns in the statues. 
the ones related to this quest have that ferocious horn for the purposes of thunder or lightning hitting them. Yes. Right. Yeah. But there's, I guess, there's always the old Zonai dragon heads that aren't that don't have that distinguishing mark. It is so weird that Faron is home to two distinct styles of architecture that you can tell apart just by looking at them. Or am I thinking wrong? It's. No, I mean, they definitely the, seem different. There's the old stuff and then the new stuff that popped up. Right. One was built by the Zonai, and one was built by the Barbarian. Who aren't Zonai? Who are, who sadly are not Zonai. They could still be Zonai. I Just can, not, not I, that group of Zonai. I guess they could theoretically be a group of Zonai, because their headdresses do, do still look like the hair of the ancient hero. And they got that bare midriff thing going. They do. Zonai love nothing so much as showing their midriffs off. It's cultural. So now we're going to go to... Uh, Offer the charge thingy, and that creates a giant lightning strike that strikes the top of the four dragon pillars, and that clears up the large storm in the sky, and revealing the Thunderhead Isles and Dragonhead Island. And none of us got to this island by doing this quest, just to be clear. <laughs> no, I did this quest. Oh, okay. Did you? Ha- Can you get there before? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Monica, please explain to Crystal. Yes, yes. If you are exploring the Faron area, and of course it's a rather rainy area, and you want to climb a cliff to get to the higher areas, uh, strategically right in front of you from time to time, a sky rock will drop down and you're like, hey, I could rewind this sky rock and then get to the higher cliff. But the rock will still keep going up. And then you'll go, oh shit, what is this new island that I'm on? And then you're like, well, let me explore this for a second. Uh, wow, it's really cloudy up here. I can't see shit, but good thing that there's a, a shrine right here. Oh, wait, what's in this other room? Oh, hey, uh, someone's talking to me. <laughs> and technically, all of this is still optional because you could just go to the depths if you know where you're going, right? You actually need to retrieve her mask here, I think. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you need to connect the mask to the... To the body. The pillar. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, bring it down, yeah. Can you get Minero as your first sage? I don't see why not. I certainly didn't get her as my fifth. I got her as, like, my second or third. Yeah. I wonder what Paya says then. I don't think she comments on it because the sages don't come out inside of villages. Yeah, the Minero's name is written on the fifth uh, ring thing, but they don't remark anything differently. Yeah, uh, the only thing that happens differently is Pura goes, what do you mean you already found the fifth sage? (laughs) But I know for a fact I was not the only person who stumbled on this because totally independent of me, my sister did the exact same thing. Gotta love it. I... I (laughs) And I coincidentally did the exact same thing. Well, that was me making you go there. As I said last episode, most everything that I do in this game is because Monica makes me do it. Saving Ganon for last, you know, everything. Well, saving Ganon for last. That's... No, I, 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 that was a joke because <laughs> that obviously I would save Ganon for last. <laughs> um, Crystal, did you like the, the, the Dragonhead Isles and the um, Thunderhead Isles? Yeah, this was fun. I liked making Link wear this outfit and building a bunch of stuff to go on rails. Hell yeah. It was very lovely. It's really nice. 
if you take the intended pathway. Even if you don't, it's like, wow, this area is it, so magical It's feeling. very magical feeling if you just fuck around and stumble into it. The constant thunder. Yeah. The subdued music. They should make a no story mode. Ooh. Oh, I'm sure that there's more than one of our listeners. And if not our listeners, then at least Zelda fans in general who would already argue that this game has no story. <laughs> I, I f- well, go ahead. If you just had to find this place. Or if you just had to Zelda one style, look around and stumble upon it. I feel like that's how they designed this game for you to stumble yeah. on a lot of stuff early. They only leave a lot of these quests till near the end to make sure that the people who haven't gotten to it yet do. But by this time, I think most people would have done one of a couple of things, being having gotten the Master Sword or knowing where it is, having gotten all the memories, uh, or uh, having gotten the Fifth Sage. Well, Pyrrha is supposed to guide us toward the Master Sword, right? Yes, that's later, too. Even after this. But all of us... You, uh, Crystal, me, and Monica, we all got the Master Sword pretty early because we knew what we wanted to do. That's right. Yes. But, like, I think the game sort of realizes that. It's like some people will want to get the Master Sword. You can go to the Lost Woods. You can figure out how to get there. It's not that mysterious. And you don't even have to go there to get the sword. No, you don't. But it's a bit harder to get it. True. (laughs) But it's possible. It's fully possible. But I think it was the game was designed with that structure in mind. You as the player will feel like you did something in a special way or an extra way without the game guiding you. And that makes you feel good. Yes, that's true. I just am a fool who follows the story. Except when it comes to doing things like finding the Master Sword. You got the sword really early. You got it much earlier than us even. Well, I wanted to do all the glyphs. Well, that makes sense. Because they directed me to it early through the story. Well, actually following through on that is something that a lot of people didn't do. So you still self-guided in that sense. And figuring out how to get up onto Zelda's head is quite the feat in and of itself. I spent two or three hours trying to track down where she was before I went fuck it and fought my way to the Deku tree because I figured maybe he could give me a hand. I guess it would have been less special if I had gotten coordinates about where the Master Sword is. Yeah, the coordinates did make it slightly less special for me, I have to admit. But I was very satisfied to be able to get it. Because even that had a thing where it's like, okay, I've put in the work here, just give it to me. I think the coordinates the coordinates would feel special to somebody who hadn't gotten all of the glyphs. And then you go, oh shit, it's moving. True. And then you that yeah. And then you go to it, and you're like, I don't see it. And then you look up, and there's the light track, and you go, Oh shit! That'd be cool. But the order of things makes that that pretty hard. Uh, so yeah, you back to the island. You go to the island, and you do a bunch of puzzles to get through it. Uh, you get the the mask, and it's got a beacon, like the big glowy crystals. Also, Monero's talking to you in it. Yeah, that was confusing. Why is it confusing? <laughs> I was taken aback. I didn't realize there was a fifth sage. Did you think that she was just in the Pura pad? What? Yeah. She wasn't. She was, though. No. What do you mean, no? No, she's in the mask. She's in the Pura pad. And then she hops into the mask. Well, yes, at, at that point. It's got enough processing power for her to be able to talk. Uh, Mineru points out that she really wanted to join you in your adventure really early, but Ganon got in the way. Ah. Oh. 
a part of me wonders if they actually did consider ha- giving Link a giant robot friend for this one. That would be so cool. That would have been cool. Uh, you get the head, you take it down. To the depths. Yeah, and, and go you go down an elevator. <laughs> a long elevator. And you get to the, the depot areas, the, the factory. Deep in the depths, you go and you find the factory of the left arm, the right arm, the left leg, and the right leg, which you may have discovered earlier on. Like you. Like me. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. La 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 la. And off I went. I really liked this part of the quest. Putting together the box. This is a fun way to do a dungeon. It is. Very open, very Hyrule Castle style in a sense. For each limb, there was a bunch of... It was very puzzle-oriented. Yes. And it took... Actually, some of the puzzles took me a while, including the one where you had to push the the ramp on rails the right way. And I realized that the hook, you had to turn it on the the right direction on the, the rail or else it'll fall off. And I'm like, oh, of course. That took me a while. I also got stuck on a couple of these. They were tricky. I really like the door that moves up and down by the turning of wheels. And if you turn the wheels yourself, you can move the door yourself. Now that's physics. That really trips some game designers. It trips out some. It tripped me out. I was like, wow, that's fun. And you can pry some of the stuff off. Yeah, and use it to make absolutely unhinged thing- constructs. Do you know about this crystal? Wait, what can you do with it? Uh, the railings on some of the elevators here, because they want the elevators to run very fast, uh, they were set to like zero weight or something like that. Okay. And so they didn't expect anybody to be able to pry them off. Uh, and people did. Through nefarious means. Not nefarious, but just like... They, they do set the a, wiggle. They do a wiggle and with the the construct thing that goes upright. And anyway, they pry it off. It also used to be indestructible, including by Lynels or whatever. But they changed that. But the weight, the weird weight thing is still remains because the elevators need to run a certain way. So you can build like super sharp turning and light uh, flying machines with them. Wow. It's very cool. (laughs) I think you can also use them as parts of the big accelerators that people use to launch themselves into space. Yes. It gets very bananas. Yeah. I've also really liked the music for this area, which is, I guess, Minero's theme with the strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just very sad. It felt very un-Zelda-like, though. Do you mean for the shadow temple or sorry the spirit temple or for the dragon head island for for the construct for the depots and the way to the spirit temple okay 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 crystal what happens when you get all the body parts together to build this construct you get to ride on the back of a robot you get a robot you can pilot i like to have shat it was crazy i i insisted that cameron do this sequence because i didn't know how long i could hide the robot that's right. That's what it was. Because sometimes I would look over Monica's shoulder and she had to try so hard not to let me see Maneru. I had her unequipped constantly, but I was like, at some point I'm going to forget and then he's going to see that there's a giant robot. I can't keep doing this. Cameron, go do this quest. Yes. It's a pretty cool robot. You can shoot a bow on top of it. You can you can fuse things to it. Yeah. You can put a rocket on its back to make it jump high or a fan on its back to make it run fast. 
or a floating <laughs> block on its back to make it descend very slowly. Put rockets on its arms. What happens if you put rockets on its arms? That's not very useful. Oh, okay. <laughs> In general, I did not find the robot to be very useful. Bit of a disappointment. I I think they powered down the the robot and... I can kind of get it because you can basically get this robot at any stage of your journey. But also that meant that I really struggled on the way to the spirit temple. Why is that? The monsters were hard to kill for me. Oh, I see. Crystal, did you find it hard? Yeah, I found it difficult because they give you the spike ball and it has no range. And they give you the flame emitter and it sucks up battery real quick. It's like, where's the where's the good weapons? Yeah, and if you do this part early, uh, you have two batteries. Yeah, that's true. I stuck strong weapons on it and went to town on MFs. Yes, you did drop your actual weapons and fuse them. Yeah, something that Monica would never do. <laughs> Those are Lynx weapons. <laughs> well, sometimes Mineru needs a Lionel horn. What can I say? Why didn't she build a better robot? I think it's a pretty good robot. <laughs> Honestly. She had a million years to construct this. <laughs> now, in fairness, the factory wasn't running for most of that million years. But the limbs were ready. The limbs were ready. Could have been designed a bit longer. This whole thing about keeping them modular has really limited their their uh, base power. I suppose so. She built this in a cave with unlimited resources. <laughs> <laughs> with a cave made by her people. Unlimited resources and infinite time. Box of infinite resources. Yeah. Anyway, you do make it to the spirit temple. It takes a while. It's kind of cool that's the spirit temple, I guess. I kind of like it. I think that it still would have worked better as the shadow temple, but I get that Ganon is like the sage of shadow in this one. Minera's power is being a ghost. Yeah, I know, but come on. Come on. What do you mean? Her shit's purple. That's 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 the sage <laughs> of shadows slash darkness. It can be purple, can be spirit. You're not wrong. Spirits are purplish. Spirits can be purple. Pose is purple. Yeah, like ghastly. I would suggest that ghastly is also of the dark type. Not literally dark type. <laughs> He's literally a ghost poison type. I don't mean... Not Pokemon type. <laughs> God but, like, if you showed me a Sage of Shadow and their Pokemon was Ghastly, I'd be like, sure. You think Ghastly is more Shadow than Spirit? No. Well, I mean, Zelda's Spirit is very different from Pokemon Ghost. How so? Because the Sage of Spirit, the way that it used to be in the Ocarina of Time Link Between Worlds era, wasn't so much about, like, a part of you that lives on after death. That was very much relegated to the Temple of Yami, which is you know, ghosts are related to the Shadow Temple. The Temple of Spirit is more like the drive that gets a person to do things they otherwise might not be strong enough to do. It's that kind of spirit. Is Marowak a spirit type Pokemon? What about the Alolan version? That's Ghost Fire. That's cool. That's right. I'd say that if we transferred pokemon over into the zelda cosmology in the ocarina of time era i would say that cubone is spirit type but alolan marowak is shadow i think fighting type is spirit type okay yeah that makes sense yeah yeah but also ghost type i see what about psychic psychic is probably um, light or some shit 
Yeah, psychic is light type. Not fairy? Well, fairy didn't exist back then. <laughs> fairy is clearly forest because that's where all the fairies are. Ah. That's also, ghosts are also in the forest. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, I think that it would have been okay for uh, Mineru to be the sage of darkness or the sage of shadow. But I get why they want her to be the sage of spirit. Because the Gerudo are lightning now. The Gerudo are electric type, yes. Electric ground. When you get to the spirit temple, you have to fight a boss by playing the video game arms for Nintendo Switch. <laughs> You're not wrong, even. Is like, it arms or punch-out? My first thought was punch-out because it's in a boxing ring, but when you compare it to arms, you make my brain ex- you make my brain expand, and I go, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of arms. The size difference between you and your opponent feels very punch-out, but... It, in terms of mechanics and how you move around, it's very arms. What is this enemy that you're fighting? This is the seized construct. One of Mineru's machines has been seized by gloom. It was her original version of the body that she wanted to use to aid you in your journey. A better body. And now you have to beat it up. I also thought of uh, Wonderful 101. There's this boxing sequence in it. Oh, that is just punch out. Okay. Because you spent a lot of time on that. I love that fight. I spent a lot of time on it because I love doing it. And I just did it over and over to get perfect at it. Got to get that pure platinum, baby. Did you like this fight, Crystal? Yeah. I always like fights where you have to hit the boss into the walls. That is one of the much better uh, archetypes of boss fights. There were a bunch of players who played this and didn't realize that they had to do that. And then they were like, why am I only doing chip damage? That's a great question. They're not experienced gamers such (laughs) as ourselves who can recognize the boss archetypes. Yes. Well, it's more like we do damage to it and it goes flying backwards. And even if it doesn't take a ton of damage, it's like, okay, I want to make it fly backwards again because that's different. And it comes at the end of a sequence. So it's like, okay, let's see what happens if I keep making it fly backward. Have there just not been enough of these bosses lately all the the younger gamers have have lost that knowledge or never gained that knowledge they don't make a ton of bosses in video games anymore yeah boss fights are mostly relegated to like the souls genre now and And those are not puzzle bosses no there's a lot of uh 2d games that have bosses but they're mostly like platformers and usually those don't involve shoving those aren't puzzle bosses either puzzle bosses are kind of a I'm not going to call them a lost art, but in the AAA space, they're getting exceedingly rare. Even bre- Usually they go for some kind of cinematic set piece boss these days. Yes. Even even Breath of the Wild didn't have puzzle bosses, so to speak. They had puzzle elements, but you could just shoot them in the head and then beat the hell out of them. So we beat this boss. The, the seized construct. And Mineru... I guess, what does this do for Mineru? Well, she can you, fully go into the body? She can make a shadow? She's not even a shadow. Yeah, but she can manifest the body for you wherever you are. I thought the robot just comes with you. It doesn't. If you go back to the shadow temple, she's still there. How does she manifest this body physically? I I don't know what to tell you, Crystal. I. And doesn't that just validate the idea of multiple master swords with one spirit? <laughs> okay, please expand on this. Because what you're suggesting is that her body is down there and it's with Link at the same time. I guess I kind of am suggesting that. Yeah, I guess there could be one 
program one AI or whatever. She is not an AI. I'm not saying she's an AI. I'm talking about the master. She's story. kind of an AI. She could be. She is digitized herself, and it, she lived inside of a, a, a an iPad. Crystal, are you saying that the ghost in the shell is an AI? Well, what's the difference between like turning yourself into a ghost and turning yourself into a robot? I feel like I don't have very good answers for this. I feel like they're both, you know, different, uh, very different material houses of consciousness. So you're suggesting when, when you're made of ectoplasm, you're going to think different than when you're made of uh, bones. True. The bone constructs have a very particular. Are you saying we're more defined by the houses we live in than by the nature of our or rather that there's no way to separate intelligence from the body? Yeah, I think the brain and body are all one thing. I don't think that they are separate. But I think if you uploaded yourself into a computer whatever emulation of your mind might be happening it's going to be fundamentally different if you're not being affected by like you know hormones and such then what do you call a ghost separate from the body uh a ghost yeah okay how do you describe a ghost separate from the body in this version of a ghost is a psychic residue it's like when you press an ink pad on a paper and it leaves a little residue in the shape of the ink pad hey you two continue this i have to take a phone call what do you think monica hello i can you re-ask the question how would you describe a ghost i would describe what is a ghost i would describe a ghost hmm this is a very loaded question (laughs) because i don't like the idea of a soul of a person staying on the earth for some reason. Okay. And I, and that it is only the bad or unfortunately harmed people that remain behind like this. I don't know why, but I'm like, if there has to be like spirits around, I want the good people around too. Okay. And if, you know, this scary mean person, uh, remains as a ghost, then, you know, my grandparents are here and they'll, they'll like, friggin jump on that guy (laughs) yeah i I, but i i think the kind of ghost that really really uh vibes with me or that i really like is like it's like a it's like a fingerprint of a person that's left behind yeah that's what i think too oh really good so so if it's it's just somebody who is in a momentous place and or emotion left behind but the original person has left. Something like that? Yes. There, this is the leftovers, the an impression of a person mm-hmm. left behind. But that indicates or, or makes me feel like if it's an impression, can a person leave multiple impressions? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so there could be multiple ghosts. There can definitely be multiple ghosts of the same person. That's very thematic for this episode for some reason. I like it. I also actually like the idea that if I know a lot of people think of this as imprints being left before, like right before the person dies, but what if you left impressions throughout the world uh, as you aged and changed? So there would be a, a ghost of you as a, a kid or teen, like immature or so on, and then a ghost of you as a, an, a young adult, and then a ghost of you as someone much older. I th- yeah, I think that's definitely a good way to think of ghosts. <laughs> and I even think that ghosts can change 
uh, after a person has already died as like if new information is revealed about them that will change how people apprehend Im- impressions of them. Hmm. That's cool. Um, so we, uh, I guess this, this whole quest was get to get Minero to her sec- secret stone. <laughs> and this time, very thankfully, we don't get a secret stone Demon King sequence. There's actually a bunch of cutscenes that we see at this point. What happens at this? Uh, we have the actual sealing of Ganondorf. I, it's really cool that Minoru was just there and can recount from like, yeah, I was there. Here's what happened sort of thing. She knows it very clearly. Yes. Firsthand account. Um, and then we have the whole thing with Zelda making a momentous decision and setting things into play. And I guess this is the, the cut scene that you get where uh, Minoru is totally wrecked by that final battle and she's going to die soon. And she commits herself to helping Link uh, in the future because Zelda really believes in him. Minoru looks so rough here. <laughs> she, yes, she sure does. In her reclining it's like her chair. scarf is still flowing in the wind beautifully, even though she looks like she could die any second. Yep. And this is where we realize that her stone chair is a reclining chair. This blew my mind. <laughs> How did they build this? I, I, I guess I guess they built a recliner. Where's the hinge? There's no, you can't see a hinge on it. <laughs> it's powered by Zoni charges. Okay. And batteries. They made flexible stone. Um, and I guess if you don't have the Master Sword, here is where Minoru talks about how it's important for you to get the Master Sword. Yes, but I already had the Master Sword. <laughs> Good job. So did I. I wonder if Nintendo would regret looking at, because they're keeping data of all of this, right? Like, which quests are complete in which order? Probably, yeah. Like, how many people got to this before they got the Master Sword? I really wish we had those stats released. I would bet that number is quite low. Yeah. Um, how, so does she lead you to the forest for the Master Sword? No, I think you have to go back to uh to town to be directed to the forest oh, okay cool before we leave the spirit temple though there's two other constructs right beside mineru um crystal did you talk to them i do but i don't really remember what they offered me one sells you ancient zonite weapons and some other equipment and the other one sells you ancient arrowheads which are um okay. what do you call them those arrows from the super arrows the super arrows i'm forgetting their name the glowy blue ones the ancient arrows oh i guess they're just called ancient arrows ancient daggers maybe right because he's actually gluing them to his his arrow that's really weird and what about the other one that one uh, those are the two separate ones one sells you like his own eye spears and so on and the other guy is just on the arrowheads or daggers i never bought any of these i don't have ancient dagger money (laughs) i did buy one just to realize what it was and then it kind of blew my mind that you could just buy ancient arrows and then i never really used ancient arrows anywhere they're too good to use yes i think the fatal flaw here too is there also aren't guardian level threats like the gloom hands are, are terrible i'd say like scarier than the guardians 
at least to me, but they're also hard to aim at. There, There's like five points you have to shoot, so I wouldn't use an ancient arrow on that. Yeah, the risk of missing is too high. Yes. And a guardian is like one uniform thing, and it's got one eye. I know where to go. Too hard. Too hard to hit. <laughs> too expensive. I'm going to feel bad if I waste it. Uh-huh. That's me too. Never use your elixirs. That's right. Shall we go to get directed to the the forest? We have to find the trail of the master. Yes. Do you know something about this crystal? I'm trying to remember how you actually get directed to this. Because I knew, obviously, it's in the Lost Woods. Yes. Is where it must have been the hint for it. So I just went there. Did you... You went there prior to actually landing on the dragon? Or is this after? Yeah, I did this right before fighting Ganondorf. Okay. This is one of the last things I did. Okay, so the the forest had not been explored, but you were like, I better go to explore the forest. Oh, you know what? Mineru does tell you, find the Great Deku Tree. Okay. Who has always been the guardian of the Masters. Huh. How does she know... Zelda told her. Okay. I was like, uh, if the Master Sword wasn't extant and the Deku Tree wasn't extant, or maybe it was, then how would she know? But I guess Zelda could have just told her. Unless it was there in the past. And the Deku Tree wouldn't let them take it? Yes. There was no hero. The Demon King was not a big enough deal? (laughs) Nobody could use the sword. Raru's already a king, not a hero. You don't think Raru could hold it? No. Do you? I don't see why not. Well, here's Cameron coming back and we can ask his thoughts on this. I'm sorry. What have I not been here for? So Mineru directs you to find the great Deku tree who has always been the guardian of the master sword. Is that true? That's right. I don't think that's true. Okay. Have I been misled? I think that Mineru might not be right about that. Oh, you're not saying that Minero doesn't say these things. You're saying that the Deku Tree has not always been. Yeah. I mean, that's true. He has not always been the Guardian of the Master Sword. The ma- Guardian of the Master Sword, for a time, it was the Sheikah. Um, for a time, it was the royal family through the Temple of Time. Yeah, but I guess um, knowledge and history has been lost. In a metatextual sense, it's always been true if we exist that the Deku Tree and the Lost Woods are the same entity. Yeah. So what 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 part of the question am I supposed to be answering? Could <laughs> could could the Deku Tree and the Master Sword have existed back then, and he just didn't let them use it because there was no hero, and Rauru wasn't good. Could enough. could Rauru use the Master Sword? I don't think Rauru could use the Master Sword. Why not? I think that he does not have the spirit of the hero necessary to wield the sword. Why not? Because if he did, he wouldn't have fucked up fighting Ganon so bad. <laughs> Various links have fucked that up. Yeah, including this link. Yeah, but he got it in the end. <laughs> Why couldn't Rauru get it? He died. Like, for real died. Not pretend died. <laughs> he had monarchy brain. He had monarchy brain. No king can defeat Ganon. So how does Mineru know about the Deku Tree and the Master Sword? Oh, shit. Shit, is that what y'all were driving at? Uh, we were uh-huh. wondering if it was something that Zelda told her or if this was something that was extant at the time. Yes. Because the way she phrases it, she's not like, the princess told me of some kind of master sword guarded by some kind of Deku tree. Can you read out the lines, Crystal? I, I don't have a clip where this is. All right. Let me. Oh, I'm so excited to hear this. 
Oh, she's being a sweetheart and at our feet, and I'm petting his head. But this is requiring me extremely stretching down. He's got his butt against my foot and his head against Monica's hand, so everything is good for all three of us. He's clicking, which is the rabbit form of purring. He's a good stinky man. I call him stinky because he's not stinky. See, the problem is, it's hard to find a video where someone doesn't have the Master Sword already. Yeah, the clip that I have, this person also has the Master Sword already, so... And I, even I had the Master Sword by the time I got Monero. So no one knows how this (laughs) quest starts. But you get the quest log from here before it's immediately completed, so it must be Monero who tells you. And it's definitely Monero and not Pura. Yeah. Yes, because... Yeah, there's a whole bunch of dialogue about how you have the Master Sword and her hope already or whatever. Oh, I see. I'm trying to find it. But I have here uh, from IGN's walkthrough, though Mineru is not certain of the sword's location here in the present, she will suggest you find the Great Deku Tree, who has always been the guardian of the Master Sword and is where the sword was located in Breath of the Wild. So this could just be an editorialization by the author of this walkthrough. Okay, mm. it looks like old Cameron's going to have to buckle down and play through Tears of the Kingdom real quick. It could be important. It could be important to our understanding and the place. Like, even if I don't do it now for the Tears of the Kingdom parts, I can actually, like, do this playing just so that I can, like... Con- it's important for timeline considerations. Because if the Deku Tree was known in Mineru's time to be the guardian of the Master Sword, that introduces a lot more questions, but it also makes certain things possible or impossible, depending. Because if the Master Sword was extant at the time, the backstory of Tears of the Kingdom doesn't have to go before Skyward Sword, and in fact can't. So, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to potentially unpack. They don't even recognize the Master Sword, though. How do you mean? They don't know what it is. That's true. They don't know the sword that seals the darkness. Oh, oh. Or at least Raru doesn't. I found a clip. Okay. Okay, let me slow this down so I can read it. Yeah, we're just going to keep talking while Monica goes through this. Uh, no, this is about Mineru's telling you about how they laid the groundwork for supporting you in the future. Um, and before the gloom's affliction took my life, I became a spirit and entered the Pura Pad. Then Zelda did what she felt she must and began the forbidden process unspecified okay i have it okay you got it zelda vowed to restore the blade i have no doubt that it is somewhere in hyrule seek the sacred tree of this era which you know as the deku tree what does that mean (laughs) zelda intended for you to meet with him when you were ready to reclaim the master sword Okay. The sacred tree of this era, which you know as the Deku tree. What does that mean? That's a great question. Uh, This is reaffirming that there are other sacred trees, such as in uh, Mystery of the Secret Seed, blah and blah. Well, it also kind of implies that the Deku tree wasn't the guardian of the Lost Woods in Mineru's time. Yes. But there... Or wasn't the sacred tree. Or this or wasn't could be, known to be the Deku tree. This could be a different Deku tree even. That's fair. Because we know that it's definitely a different Deku tree from the Deku tree of Ocarina of Time, which had two Deku trees. But also there's a Maku tree and uh, the other tree. The ba- the Baga tree from uh, 
the Skull Kid and the Mask manga. <laughs> I, I was thinking of the two in uh, Oracle of Ages and Seasons. Yes. Yes. The Maku Trees. The one that has her crush on Link. But also, I guess, could mean, like, in Skyward Sword, there's just that big, great tree. And it's not talking, but I guess it could be a sacred tree. Um, yeah. So I'd say that this speech, thank you for fishing it out, Crystal. It's, uh, it seems to establish that, no, there wasn't really a Deku tree, or at least not this Deku tree in Mineru's era. And there also similarly wasn't necessarily a Master Sword at that era. It looks like a little bit of editorial, um freehand on ign's part yeah a little bit of editorial freehand on ign's part may have shaped Deku Trias has not always been the guardian of the master sword that is not true that is false <laughs> this is why you must always go to your primary sources i think that i'm going to have to actually play the game just so that i can get all the text within that context okay yeah plus all the pura stuff too yes i mean i'm sure you can find clips of it but it, i mean yeah. i can tear through that game in like 20 hours tops so it'll be fine. Why does Minero either not know or intentionally equivocates about the Zonai being descendants of gods? I think that she and Raru were really controlling the information. And they likely didn't even have full information about everything, but they were willing to keep to a story. The story of them being descendants of gods? Uh-huh. But they didn't want to confirm it. Oh, yeah, they didn't want to outright lie. They just wanted to sort of imply it. Okay. We're said to be the descendants of gods. Well, you got to remember that at least one Hylian didn't give a shit about that stuff, and that was Sonya, who played both of them like fiddles and possibly the entire setting. Ouch. I mean, she did. Yeah. Sword. Sword? Sword. Okay, Crystal, how do we... What? How... What? How does Link find a sword? How's he supposed to have any idea that Zelda's up there in the sky? Well, you gotta check out the Deku Tree, like Minera told you. How do you even get into the forest? Because there's no entrance into the forest. That's right. If you try to go in, you'll be turned back by the fog, which means you gotta get there from underground. Yeah, my theory at first was jumping in, but that didn't quite work out, except for, I guess, there was a little sequence where it did. But, uh... I guess into the depths. This part of it was really scary. Why? Oh, yes. It was a bit spooky. It was very dark. The big thing is that it was so dark. And the way that things were constructed, it would stay dark. And you had to lay down light flowers constantly. There were creepy ass trees everywhere. Yes. Some of them would attack you. There were gloom hands down here. Yes. I appreciate that Demon King Gandorf... Once Awakening was like, I really got to, like, kill the forest. Yes. Or at least the Phantom Ganon identified it as a thing that had to go. Sure. Yes. Because if you can take down the forest, then you can get to all sorts of places. That's true. I realize that on some level I'm kind of framing the Phantom Ganon as being the actual primary antagonist of the game. (laughs) It's kind of the Zant or the Girahim of this game. Yes. They are. Yeah. Yeah. The actual planner and an actor of all the problems. And when you get to the Lost Woods, it's such an... Not in Lost Woods, the Sacred Grove? The Korok Forest. The Korok Forest. It, it is, is the worst. It's awful. It's a minor key version of the Korok Forest theme playing, and all the Koroks are just frozen. They're not even alive. They're just staring. 
And the Deku Tree is asleep? Kind of. Their stomach hurts? Crystal, what did you feel when doing this? It was so creepy that all the Koroks were like catatonic. Poor babies. (laughs) Monica felt so bad for them. They were very poor babies in this case. This is where I felt really stupid because I spent a lot of time trying to climb up and around the Deku tree Mm. instead of just going inside his mouth. (laughs) It's not as stupid. We all get those little turnarounds. Yeah, and there's lots to explore around him. The hole, when you jump in the deeper, the, the hole. It goes so far down. You are just diving and diving and diving. And and then you're forced to fight a Ganon. Yeah. A Phantom Ganon. Straight to it. Was it Hands, then Ganon? Or? Yes. Okay. Hope you know how to fight Gloom Hands. Crystal, was this your first Gloom Hand fight? No, I was very experienced with Gloom Hands at this point. Oh, good. I think my sister, this was... Her first one. The first one where she actually had to stand and fight. Yeah. And then I think a lot of people, it might be their first one where they stand. And they might even think through that, that that's the only set of gloom hands that would turn into Phantom Ganon as a result. I hope they don't think that because the the surprise of the first time you defeat a gloom hands and go, I did it. It's not so scary anymore. And then the boss health bar appears. That's a great surprise every time. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I nearly died that is that shock. That is some, that is genuinely some Dark Souls shit. I, I just felt so, not betrayed, but like, is it shock? I, I guess it's shock. How could it be Ganon here now? Yeah. In random punk-ass cave. It was just a flashback to playing Breath of the Wild and thinking that you were under attack during the first Blood Moon. Yeah. Only this time it's real. Yeah. What a great enemy, the Gloom Hands. One of the best Zelda enemies. I really wish there was a master mode where you were just being chased by Gloom Hands. What? I don't think people would like that. I don't think you depths. would like that. In the depths. Oh, I wouldn't play master mode. Oh, you just want it to exist to watch me play it? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay, dick. <laughs> so you kill Phantom Ganon down there because, of course, you kill Phantom Ganon. You've killed a lot of Phantom Ganons at this point based on the version of the story that we're telling. That's right. And then you go back up and everything's better now. Oh, thank goodness. I like the Koroks. Ever. <laughs> no no shit. You like <laughs> Never the Never changing. I like the one that thank wants to- Thank you so much, Hero. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Hero, everything's good now. It's like we were all standing here and nothing was happening. Oh, well. I like the one that wants whirly-swirly things. Just like spirals? Yeah, you need to take photos of spirals. Yeah, it's a funny little Junji Ito looking dude. And the Deku tree tells you that the Master Sword isn't there, but it's been attuned to it. Yeah, the Deku tree has been been attuned to it. And he tells you, wait, you, you can't tell where it is? Well, I'll put it on your map. And while he puts it on your map, the light dragon stays much, much, much lower to the ground than during her regular rounds. And that's how you got on. That's how I got her. Well, it's not, the problem wasn't how high she was. It's just that I couldn't fucking find her. She's so hard to find during her regular rounds sometimes, unless you know her whole route and can trace it with reasonable speed. Or if you um, do all the tiers, then she comes pretty close to a Kala Tower and you just have to build an aeroplane. Uh, Yeah, but you have to act quick because after she flies away from that, she goes back to her regular route, which was the problem that I had. No promi pastrami. (laughs) 
<laughs> Crystal acted fast. That's no shit. I, I think I was still crying. This is the, the crying disables, like, <laughs> it's like at the end of Super Metroid. Yeah, where you just can't shoot. I can't shoot. I have the rainbow beam, but... You still lose. Yeah. Hmm. Not good. But, yeah, uh, time to land on the dragon. No, it's not. No? Because Link doesn't know who the dragon is. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> because you two have set this up this way... Oh, okay. You reprobates. <laughs> you jailbirds. Uh-huh. We have to explain how Link learns about Zelda. Well, he just does the tears. Where does Link learn about the tears? He learned that back on the way to Rito Village. What? From who? From Impa. <laughs> what did Impa say? She said, come look at this cave with me. Uh-huh. It's got a map of all the all the glyphs oh. all over Hyrule, where? which are easily visible from any high point. But where is the cave? It's, it's in the, the Forgotten Temple. Oh, behind the fallen goddess statue. That's right. That's... Quite a thing. It's been there for quite a while, this cave. Is there the whole time? Since before the goddess statue was put in front of it, based on that's right, based on those flashbacks. Yes, they're definitively the goddess statue was definitively moved thereafter. Yes, I love that. What does that mean? No one knows. It's a great question. Well, I mean, it's not the landing site of the the statue is what it means. Uh huh. So so. Uh, that's where all the the. Glyphs are. Actually, what if the Forgotten Temple is the landing site? How'd the dome get there? I guess it's more the problem is wouldn't that mean that this kingdom and the other kingdom are in the same place? So that can't be. It had to have been moved. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you go and you find the place that shows you where all the tears are. What what does Link learn, you two? Tell me what Link learns. He doesn't learn anything, but it is confirmed to him that Zelda ate the stone and became the light dragon and the sword's on her. Wait, wait. He doesn't learn anything, but it's confirmed to him. You think that he knew all this shit beforehand? It's not too hard to put together based on everything he's been told so far. I see. Between all the different sages and the uh, stories from the flying islands that he's gotten translated. Zelda did one big... Especially Mineru. Big monumental uh, forbidden thing. Yeah, okay, okay. And also, you know, whenever I've landed on this dragon, which I may have done a bunch of times. It feels warm and familiar. Yeah. And it smells kind of like my wife's shampoo. I guess, I guess a sword's there too. Oh, I guess we'd have to assume that he hasn't been jumping up there. I guess so. Don't you think if you were Link, you would jump on this dragon? I mean, yeah. Yes, but if I were Link, I would have done the tier quest long before then too. You know, like I actually did. (laughs) Okay, so Link goes up there, he finds his wife, he's like, we've got to fix this, and he takes the Master Sword. And Crystal, I think you once called this the best sequence in Zelda. Yeah, I'll stand by that. What is it? Pretty sick. Do you mean the pulling of the sword itself? No, specifically I mean exiting the last memory, and Link stands there, and the camera pans to the light dragon, which happens to be flying above. Yeah. And suddenly... Everything we knew has been recontextualized. That's Zelda up there. That's Link's wife. Yeah. And now he's got to go meet her. And the ground has been filled with silent princesses around the tier. Yes. And he goes up there and he grabs it and he gets Zelda's final message to him. That is such a beautiful 
beautiful sequence when the hair sort of unwraps around the sword and there's like it kind of looked like scales but maybe they're like flower petals yeah kind of bloom off of the sword you're like oh my gosh and everything's golden and it's like oh this is the best master sword obtaining sequence in a while yes it's good stuff and then she gives you her last message about the hope that she invests in the sword and how through the sword she is placing her power with you too It's a very nice sequence of um, events that goes on there. And it also works really well, even if all you're doing is pulling the Master Sword during the final battle. I guess so, yeah. Even if you don't know anything. You still get that cutscene. Even if you're the 10-year-old and this is all, you did it in a weird sequence, you didn't do the memories, uh, this would be nice. Yes. Okay, so we have the Master Sword. What's left? We don't know where Ganon is. How do you not know where Ganon is? Well, there's many people who thought that Ganon was actually in Hyrule Castle still. Yes. Just like the Calamity Ganon. Crystal, did you think that Ganon was in the castle? I did think that. I checked the castle out early and was surprised that he wasn't there at all. I also checked relatively early. Uh, Not right right away because the Horriblins were kind of scary at the entrance, but fairly shortly thereafter, I'm like, huh... Let's uh, go get some stuff. I never thought he was in the castle. Well, I yeah, I was like... I was just like, <laughs> I saw that fool fall. Castle up, Ganon down. Giant, giant, you know, uh, crater underneath the castle. But, but somehow, some people might need guidance, and the game will really want you to go through these quests to get some information on where Ganon might be. Who could ever tell us where Ganon is? Could it be the people who worship Ganon? You book to Lookout Landing, you are directed to the underground to discover the location of Ganon. And for some reason, I thought that you had to do this, that this was part of the main quest, that surely I couldn't just, you know, drop under the castle where he probably is. So I did this whole thing, and at the end of it, <laughs> you follow Master Koga through all sorts of mines, you do a bunch of boss fights with him, and at the very last one, he says, Ganon's under the castle. <laughs> How did you feel? I felt I felt stupid. Oh. I felt foolish. I I don't think that you're stupid or foolish for that because like expecting the game to throw a twist at you is completely reasonable. I'm just now thinking like what could the twist be? I don't know. Maybe he's in the sky. That's what a twist is, right? You don't see it. Yeah, yeah, but now we have full insight throughout the game. It's like uh maybe he is one of the Zeldas running around. Maybe he's Taro. <laughs> we did think for a while that Ganon was the Phantom Zelda. Or at least I did. I knew I would find him under the castle, but I also thought he was Phantom Maybe the Yiga really like Koga because Link can't fool Koga. Koga's pretty sharp. Did you ever approach Koga in the Yiga outfit, Crystal? No, I did not. It doesn't fool him? It does not fool him. He knows it's Link. He's like, yes, I can tell it's you even through your disguise. We've been through too much at this point for you to fool me that way. And it's like, oh, he knows me. Was Koga here the whole time? In the depths? Yes, from Breath of the Wild. What do you think, Crystal? Yeah, definitely. So he was just running around here for six years, living off the land? That's how he got all these camps set up. Damn, he's actually pretty industrious then. He's a he's a smart <laughs> cookie. 
But by he set up, setting up the camps, I feel like his people went down there and he told them to set things up and they're like, oh, you're so great. Yes. But that's still an industriousness of a kind. Yes. Do Okay. So we, we, we haven't mentioned it, but we do need to say that all the different fights with Koga get slowly more and more ludicrous as he uses the Yiga equivalent of the auto build to fight you. Is he auto building? No. He's regular building. He's just summoning them with the tricky ninja secrets. But but those are built things. Yeah, they're regular built <laughs> by engineers that aren't him. Because I feel like this is the whole plot point because the Yiga really resent that Link can just magically oh, yeah. construct things and they have to spend effort and nails or whatever. Yeah, they think it's bullshit and they hate him for it. I mean, I would hate him too. Yes. The special boy. Crystal, how did you feel about the final boss fight against Koga? I was glad to see him go blasting off again. I was not glad to do another round of arms. <laughs> see, the thing about it is when he said they had built the ultimate weapon and now they would be presenting it to Ganon, I was like, oh God, what the hell can this be? And they just brought out the same shitty fucking robot, but now it has Yiga flags on it. I was like, okay, that's back around to so shitty that it's funny. <laughs> I... I just kept feeling like if the Yiga got anywhere close to Ganon... Uh, they would just die. They would just die and really regret being Yiga. But also, I don't know if Ganondorf would see them. They are tonally incompatible. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. Like, the Yiga literally... Like, they're, they're, they're comedy characters. They can't exist in the same space as Ganondorf without becoming very different. Like in Age of Calamity, the Yiga are nothing like they are in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom because they actually get close to Ganon and Ganon eats them. They're still pretty comedic. They just worship the little egg thingy with a, a shrine of bananas. Yeah, but I mean, it's a little different. Oh, and then they regret it and then they join you. Yeah. Tonally incompatible. But yes, it is very good when he brings out the even more ultimate-er weapon. And it's just... A lot of Zonai rockets tied to a stick with a spiked ball at the end of it. So it looks kind of like his hair thingy. And then it launches him into space. Do you think Do you think Koga's dead? No, absolutely not. He's going to be in the third game. He's just in space? That's right. Meow. Are we going to find that motherfucker on the moon? We could go to the moon in the next one and Koga's there. Breath of the Wild 3, Tears of the Kingdom 2. Majora's Mask, the sequel. Skyward Sword 5. This time, you have to crash the moon. <laughs> God. Don't... I guess if we speak this into reality, then I'll, I'll do my best to enjoy it. So Ganon's under the castle. We have the Master Sword. We have the alignment of all five sages. We've saved most of the towns. We know where Zelda is. We've rescued the Deku Tree. Everything is as ready as we can make it. Is there anything else we need to cover? We haven't talked about the other sides of the depths in too much of a detail. I guess we did in the prior history. We sure fucking okay. did. Okay. I won't. I'll drop it. No, we can go back into it if you want. Oh, you do get the camera sequence. No, there's nothing else too much to cover down there. Have you got anything in mind, Crystal? No, I think we've basically saved Hyrule. There's just one thing left to do. That's right. Time to kill Ganon. Crash the moon. <laughs> I'm sorry, what'd you say? Crash the moon into Ganon. Crash the moon into Ganon. That could work. I mean, he's a regular guy, ultimately. You could kill him with 
mortal weapons if you could stab him with them. So I don't see why a moon wouldn't kill him. Demise was killed by a rock much smaller than a moon. That's true. I think the only Zelda villain who took a shot bigger than that was the Calamity, who you had to shoot with a singularity cannon called the Triforce. Yes. Well, everything near the end might need the Triforce and or Master Sword. I mean, the Master Sword couldn't kill the Calamity. No. It was immune to it, effectively, in its true form. But in this one, it's all good. It, we got the sword. Let's end this shit. So shall we move on to emails and save the end of the game for the next episode? Let's do it. What's our email address, Cameron? Our email address is bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Once more, if you'd like to send us emails, send them into bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. And because I'm... Person- I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to read the first okay. one. Okay. I, I wanted to apologize because I'm a bozo who've, who's been a bit too busy with his studies lately that I didn't prep these ahead of time. Bozo is one of the most illustrious of all clowns. I'm glad you think so. The first one comes in from Jason. Hyrule Warriors, colon, like a dragon. The entire game is you play a Zelda, down a secret stone, and demolish hordes of monsters. The end. Oh, I see. It's like the new translated name of the Yakuza series, Like a Dragon. Because you would play as Zelda the Dragon. I think that would be fun in Hyrule Warriors. Did you ever play the Ganon mode in Hyrule Warriors? No, I haven't. It's boring as shit. Well, oh. I, I wouldn't say that it would be equivalent to that. It would be like in the Age of Calamity, the... Um, oh. What do you call them? The, the, the Divine, Divine Beasts? Beasts ones. Oh, those are much better than the Ganon <laughs> mode in uh, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, but think of improvement, so it's not uh, that sluggish. Okay, with the power of the Switch 2. Yes, the Switch with two screens. <laughs> oh, did you hear about that, Crystal? Yeah, the Nintendo Split. Yeah, the Nintendo Split. <laughs> <laughs> The, the console where you can't actually design games for two screens because they have to be playable on one screen? Yeah. This theoretical thing that's definitely real and not just a patent like the hundreds that Nintendo files all the time. I kind of like the idea, though, just because it's so bizarre. I wouldn't want it. I'd want just, like, a Switch again, but better, but... There are two Switches glued together, just like the old... Jokey. I got it. Thank photoshops you. Photoshops of the DS. Oh, those are great. Oh, I thought you were going to say two GameCubes duct taped together for the Wii. There's that too. But no, don't you remember the the ones making fun of the DS? No. Crystal, do you remember? Yeah, where there's like all sorts of accoutrements and special features and accessories on yes, it. Yes, or one with like 15 screens. Yeah, those were the times. Pe- people also made that for... Uh, for the controllers at the time, because they felt that the controllers were getting too many buttons. Yes, they'd make one with like 300 buttons that really made my scalp prickle. And you know what? They won, because they haven't added any more buttons since the PS2 days. That's kind of true. That is kind of true. Even though they should add back buttons, because everybody likes them, and they're extremely useful. That's true. Just, Just some buttons that I can press with my middle or ring fingers. Those would be good to have. So we endorse this like a dragon idea. If it comes with a controller that has more buttons. I would want like a, a controller that actually is like a glove that fits onto your, your arm. You want then, a power glove? Like a flexible one. 
so then you could do the the sinuous movements of the dragon with your arm. Next level motion control. <laughs> or a tube that you could put over your body and you have to wiggle. <laughs> Hold on. You're talking about wearing like a a tube uh-huh. you can put over your body. Uh-huh. Describe this tube. It's like a a, a, a dragon. I guess it's got sc- spines on the back, so you know which way's up. Okay. Um, there, <laughs> there's no armholes. Oh. <laughs> but there's sensors because it's like hula hoops on different parts of it. So if you wiggle in one direction, <laughs> it'll know how you want to turn. Crystal, is this as beho- bizarre looking in your head as it is in mine? I don't know that this would work very well in practice. I feel like this might have some design issues that need to be worked out before production. I've linked a picture of um, a concept for the Nintendo DS2 by Yanis Bullman. Oh, this is the Game Boy Advance SP, but a DS. That's right. It's got an SP shape, basically, but with two screens. And there are... Uh, controls sticking out of the side of the bottom screen that you can then fold under the bottom screen to make it more like an SP shape. And then you can close that and it's just like a little cube. Okay, this design actually rules though. Yeah, if I would, I would play this. I'd play this right now. Oh, I bet that analog stick would suck actually, but... I'm, I mean, know. it's no different from the 3DS analog thing. That's true. Would the buttons be outward facing on the back or... Does it slide down like it goes down and then to the side so it's tucked underneath? It looks like there's a hinge. Yeah, so the buttons would be on the bottom. Mm, Okay. I think that they would want to make it so that it slides, but then there's no way for... I guess it would have to swing. Or or you could rotate it and then fold it under so that the buttons aren't exposed. Like the, the controller parts themselves can rotate 180 degrees forward and then you fold them under. That sounds more expensive than a hand. It it does. What can I say? But it would also create a lot less wear and tear on the parts, maybe? In any case, I do like the look of it. Who, who, who should read the next email, Crystal? Cameron. Okay. Hi, Elijah here. I started listening to the podcast since long after the timeline and final thesis were released, but I had soon listened to every episode of every game and loved every second of it. As Tears of the Kingdom was approaching release, one of the things I was looking forward to most was your analysis of the game and creative takes on the lore. I have a few questions in regard to the Master Sword and how it functions in the story. That's good, Elijah, because we do too. Can't remember if you've already discussed it, so sorry if I'm making you repeat yourselves. First off, why does it break against Ganondorf's gloom when it worked fine against the Malice in the previous game, or every other incarnation of Ganon for that matter? And what exactly does Zelda do to it that makes it better than it was before? If I understand correctly, she just fills it with sacred light, like the pedestal in Korok Forest does. Does it have something to do with the secret stone, or maybe the power of the Triforce that Zelda apparently just has in the palm of her hand? Also, what's the difference between gloom and malice? Thanks, and keep up the awesome work. P.S. I gave Crystal my money because I literally can't wait to hear you guys talk. Thanks, Elijah. Everyone should give their, give their money to Crystal because they can't wait to hear us talk. Thank you. Thank you, Elijah. Okay. So there's a couple of questions about the Master Sword in here. Why do we feel that the Master Sword breaks under Ganon's gloom attack? That's a great question because it kind of seems like it raised the stakes, but then it kind of didn't really. 
Is it meaningfully different from how damaged and badly gouged out the Master Sword was in Breath of the Wild? Because it still needed a hundred years to recover there, and it wasn't at its full strength when Link recovered it in Breath of the Wild. That's a good point. Is there a way you can set it up so that in the Oracle games, the Master Sword is broken and you reforge it? What? Like, isn't there like a broken sword that you can reforge Uh, in the Oracle games? Let me check. Yes, on the Link game, you can upgrade the Noble Sword into the Master Sword. Ferrari will do it for you. Isn't that interesting that that can be done? That's interesting. Do we consider that can? I guess we have to consider it canon. It's right in the game. It's in the game. Is that a separate creation of the Master Sword? I guess so. Does that mean there are two Master Swords? Or is it simply that the one in Link to the Past truly did sleep forever? Well, the Broken Sword was recovered from the coast by the old Zora. So it came from the sea. I remember at the time, people thought, could this be the Wind Waker sword? Ooh, okay, that is an interesting thought. So Ganon escaped and the sword was broken. Well, but Ganon's dead in the Oracle games. That's right. But it's a different Ganon. Were the... And Wind Waker happened in another timeline. But were the timelines already starting to converge even at that time? No, not yet. Hmm. Then what is this sword? That's a great question. Uh, there's certain parts of the story that we haven't um, interfaced with because they're too messy to make a clean part of the timeline. And I feel like I want to address them a little bit more. Hold in- on. So the broken sword is received from an old Zora. Yes, like Crystal said. Where do we place the Oracle games? Um, sometime after. After Link's Awakening. Before Link's Awakening, surely. Before. But after Link... Didn't we decide it was a different Link? Uh, Well, I mean, it's... It's a different Link from the Link to the Past Link. Yeah, but we think it's the same one as Link's Awakening Link. Oh, okay. Yeah, that works. But this sword seems to have come from the ocean. Yeah. But Ganon's not down there. Right. (laughs) So what is this sword, Monica? (laughs) The Picori Blade. Hold on. From the old Zora... I'll give you something old. This is the hero sword that the great hero gave my ancestors long ago. Uh, gave gave ancestors of the old Sora, and it's the fucking master sword? The hero sword that a great hero gave my ancestors long ago. Okay, we've got to come... This... We're, we're a little bit off on a tangent here, but we've kind of... The Master Sword being able to break isn't strictly a new thing in Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. I mean, we have to assume that it broke off screen after A Link to the Past, then. Do we? I mean, I guess we have. If it's the same sword. If it's the same sword, it must have broken at some point. But there's multiple Master Swords, so it could be an entirely Maybe. separate hero sword. Maybe. Is it a multiple Master Swords as of that game? We're not talking about as of that game. We're talking overall. I mean... In fact, it doesn't make a sense if it was just as of that game. Okay. Okay. We'll, we have to come back. To, what are you looking at? I'm looking at our timeline. What does it say? It's the Picori Blade. It's the Picori Blade? Maybe the Picori Blade, yeah. Was the Picori Blade eventually forged into the Master Sword in our timeline? No, the Four Sword was shattered by Ganon. And the Master yeah, Sword the was still sword. resting. It's the Four Sword that was the Picori Blade. And it gets forged into the Master Sword. Uh-huh. Now, the encyclopedia has a line about this. Really? 
In the Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, connecting the games upgrades the Noble Sword, giving it power akin to the Master Sword. Akin to. But it is also called That ain't what the text of the game says. The text says it's the damn Master Sword. It's the Master Sword right here in your hand. Okay, we're going to put a pin in this and come back to it for the timeline discussion, okay? Okay. Okay, can we can we do this? Yeah. Okay. What exactly does Zelda do to make the Master Sword better than it was in Breath of the Wild? And this kind of ties into a later question. I would like to suggest that it is in fact the power of Hylia and the Triforce soaking into the Master Sword for a million billion years that makes it better. Yeah, I think it's mostly a matter of time. Yes, I would say it is stronger. It doesn't feel stronger to us, the player, but it is meaningfully stronger in the scope of the world. It reflects the gloom, whereas it would be destroyed by it before. It's like all of its extra strength was in the infusion of light power to oppose the Yami that Ganon wields. Oh, and that's, this is actually a thing in the game, too, because people did break the game and you can keep the master sword the original and yes it cannot reflect the the gloom things that demon king gandalf throws at you whereas the upgraded master sword can when you say the original you mean the one from the prologue yes how do you feel about it just being a light infusion that allows it to repel darkness crystal that would make sense to me okay um so uh, to answer the question, yeah, it's mostly having something to do with Zelda herself, her enormous light power, maybe the Triforce. Now here's a big one. What is the difference between Gloom and Malice? Malice is goth and Gloom is emo. <laughs> Please do continue. Malice is angry, but Gloom is gloomy. That sounds accurate. Monica, do you have any opinions? I think you said... One of them was corrosive, and the other is corruptive. Yes. I said that gloom is almost strictly corrosive, but malice is corruptive. It can change things. It can seize control of them. And malice or gloom does that a very tiny bit in this game with the seized construct, but it's more like a living creature made of gloom has taken over the construct. Yeah, I wouldn't say it. It's literally like... A solid mass, which is controlling the machine. Whereas malice, there's no eyes staring at you out of the gloom. Huh. That seems significant, actually, now that I say it. Except for the gloom hands. Right, but... No singular eyeballs? They don't have eyes. The malice carries in it a particular grudge. The malice is Ganon. The gloom isn't Ganon. He wields it, but it's separate from him. That's how I see it. I don't need everybody to agree with me. That's just how I see it. All right. You skipped over once. I'm going to read it. Well, okay. This is from Avery. Thoughts on Zelda's role in Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, I'm sorry. I did skip this. Hello, Monica, Crystal, and Cameron. Longtime listener, first time caller. I wanted to talk about where I thought the plot of Tears of the Kingdom was going when I was still in my early hours and mainly following the stable quest concerning sightings of Zelda. That's an awesome way to play through Tears of the Kingdom. Setting aside the Yiga decoys... Several sightings involved Zelda acting cold or otherwise strange, but not necessarily maliciously. I thought this was a sign that, after Zelda's Hylia powers activated during the opening, Hylia's personality had become more dominant, 
and temporarily overridden Zelda's consciousness, explaining her strange actions as those of a distant ancient god with plans beyond human understanding, and explaining how she had survived so long after traveling into the past. That would have been fucking sick. That's awesome. My hopes were that the plot was going to focus on Zelda going on a journey of self-discovery and learning to become her own person separate from the goddess in her blood, which I thought would have been a very interesting story to play through. Obviously, the plot didn't go that way at all, but I like to think of what could have been. I was ultimately disappointed in Zelda's role in the story, with her essentially just going into slumber again for however many years, purely in service of Link, similar to Breath of the Wild. Did anyone else hold this theory when they were first playing? It's not something I've seen discussed online, so maybe it was just wishful thinking on my part. Oops, long email, Avery. Man, thank, you, would, Avery. Uh, thank you, Avery. That would have been fucking sick. I did not think of it, but this would have been really cool, yeah. It likewise did not occur to me, but... I would have loved playing a game with with those concepts. Is there a game or media thing where it's like that, where somebody has been imbued with godlikeness and is then unhumanish and needs to reconnect with their human side? Yeah, it's called Tales of Symphonia. Nah. Uh-huh. Yep, sure oh, is. Only sort of. Or Final Fantasy X if you want. Though not quite so much there. That it, no, Yuna's not really like Colette in that sense. But Colette definitely has that going on, where she loses co- contact with her humanity and has to get it back. I meant more like on an emotional sense. I feel like if I think hard enough, I'll find it, and maybe it's a book or something. They exist somewhere. They exist somewhere. But this is an awesome concept. How do we feel about like uh, Avery brings up here? She says that um, she was disappointed in Zelda's role in the story. As Zelda essentially just goes into slumber again for however many years, purely in service of Link, similar to Breath of the Wild. How do we feel about that comparison? Yeah, I think that's accurate. I was also disappointed by this aspect that Zelda didn't really have much to do besides, once again, uh, suffer silently off screen for the benefit of Link. Yeah, it's like one step forward, one step back, or one step the same, in that... I felt like there was more Zelda in the setting of the world. People talk about her and what she did and and things like that. But her herself, while she had an adventure off screen, mostly, she was also then just asleep for a while. I would like to suggest that Breath of the Wild actually had a better role for Zelda in that sense. And that she doesn't just do a heroic self-sacrifice for Link. It's part of her self-actualization. It is true. Her marching towards Hyrule Castle to face Ganon alone in a lot of ways feels a lot more... um, It feels a lot more earned to me than her tragic sacrificial suicide that is the backstory of Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, and being conscious and fighting something for a hundred years is cooler than being uh, asleep. For a million billion. (laughs) Yeah. She she wasn't even changed by this dragon experience because she wasn't even really around for it. That's true. And you, I think that we can agree, at least with the text of Breath of the Wild, not necessarily Tears of the Kingdom, but in the text of Breath of the Wild, that she had to have been changed by what she underwent in that hundred years. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's true. Like, a, a lot of what is good about her in Tears of the Kingdom are things that we don't see. The scheming with Minoru to get everything lined up right. Yeah. 
which is unfortunate that we have to do that kind of hand-waving, wiggling that we had to do with Ocarina of Time. I mean, Ocarina of Time is textured very differently. And she is around doing the scheming and the tricking in Ocarina of Time. I mean, like, after Ocarina of Time. Oh, like yeah. Wind well, that's a, that's a different thing. Aonuma yeah. era Zelda is just different. His respect and affection for the Zelda from Ocarina of Time was enormous and obvious. But I, I think that one of the weaknesses of Zelda's treatment in Tears of the Kingdom is that they took her self-actualization in Breath of the Wild and kind of kind of pretended like it didn't matter very much because she goes through a different kind of actualization here. But I feel like she had plenty of time to come to terms with herself and who she was. And that was the whole point of Breath of the Wild is that she spent a hundred years in hell, basically, going through suffering and came out of it as a new thing. And I feel like Age of Calamity is almost a better companion piece to that than Tears of the Kingdom is. In Tears of the Kingdom... Yeah, Age of Calamity is the Zelda protagonist. Theme. It is, yes. In Tears of the Kingdom, she realizes she should inherit the family in. That is what happened. That's true. She does realize she should inherit the family in. But uh, th- that's also a weird thing, though, because in Breath of the Wild... In the final secret cutscene you get for getting all the memories, she already says she has plans for how to rebuild Hyrule into a more just place. So where... She builds a school. Yes. But, like, where is that Zelda? Where did she go? Hey, she built a school. I guess. I guess you're right. She did build a school. It may still be a kingdom, but it will look very different. Let's hope. Yes, I know. If they don't resume... (laughs) As a, with a sequel, we can imagine that in our hearts. I know, but I'm saying that the thing that she undergoes in Tears of the Kingdom where she decides she has to be the one to step up, that's fine as a story on its own. But as a sequel to Breath of the Wild, she already went through that arc in Breath of the Wild, and it was just a tiny part of who she was. She doesn't reference the hundred years of, of psychic battle. She doesn't even really She doesn't even really reference the Calamity Ganon at all. How... The person she spent the most time with in this world. Yes, that that's genuinely true. I feel like it would have been interesting if going into the start of Tears of the Kingdom in the backstory, Zelda was much more reserved and affected, let's say. I don't need her traumatized. I don't need her traumatized, but just like, you know, a bit quieter. She should come across as very experienced. Yeah, but then like through adventures or whatever gets to sort of go through the sort of relaxationing that link did. did right like as a story on its own i think that tears of the kingdom's treatment of zelda is perfectly fine it's in the upper half of zelda like treatment her characterization of course ranks very high but the actual treatment of the character upper half of the series but as a follow-up to breath of the wild i find it lacking that's how i feel there's a point to monarchy no! How <laughs> dare you? That's what the game said. Crystal, please read us an email. Okie doke. From Lonicky. Dear Book of Medora team, in the Dutch translation of Tears of the Kingdom, the sky map is called Hemelreek. When translating that back to English, you get Heaven Realm. Since Hemel both means A, all the space, high up containing both the clouds and the stars, and its religious meaning, or a generic place of happiness, which goes way beyond a mere sky, with very different implications on where the Zonai come from. 
This further supports the notion that the different language versions are irreconcilable with each other and instead should be seen as their own separate twi- timelines. Hell yeah. <laughs> However, Zelda games are only recently being translated into Dutch. To the best of my Googling knowledge, the Dutch Zelda timeline consists of Breath of the Wild, Age of Calamity, Tears of the Kingdom, Link's Awakening 2019, Skyward Sword HD, and no other games. It does acknowledge that other heroes of the past have existed based on the clothes found in Tears of the Kingdom's Netherrealm. The depths is called Nadery. But we don't know any details of those games. In Dutch, they do not exist. So, how different could the Dutch Zelda timeline look like? And who's the Link from Link's Awakening? Kind regards, Lonaki. P.S. Reek can be translated in a lot of different ways, since it refers to a state or a nation in a very broad way. I've chosen Realm for consistency with how other Zelda locations are called in English, but it could also refer to an empire or a kingdom. So technically, Hemelreek could also be translated as the Heaven Kingdom, but I didn't want to bring any more Christianity into it, for Cameron's sake. Thank you, Lonicky. Thank you. Um... Man, when, when, when you look at this timeline consisting of only five games, that, that takes me back, right back to the 2000s era timeline <laughs> discussions. Because that's where we're at. Yeah. If anything, that's a much uh, easier timeline. I, I can't really think of any contradictions. Okay, how would you line them up? Uh, you, get, you get Tears of the Kingdom backstory, Skyward Sword, Link's Awakening, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And Age of Calamity being on a separate offshoot. And that means that this is the one and only... So, where would the Calamity come from in this version? And is this Ganondorf in Tears of the Kingdom the original Ganondorf? Like, the only Ganondorf? He must be. Yes. Yeah, he's the only one we see. And the Calamity could just be another thing that shares Ganon's name. Could just be Demise. Could be. You could even draw thematically to the Nightmares in Link's Awakening. True. Because it's sort of gloomish, darkish... Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually. Oh, I kind of miss those days, That's though. That's beautiful. When you, when, I'm not going to say it was better making timelines out of fewer games, but you really got into the weeds a lot more with the specific arcana of individual games and how they could relate or not relate to each other. Yeah. Oh. I would like to point out that sky or heaven being the same word is applicable in Chinese, if not also Japanese, I suspect it is also, which I didn't know as a child because nobody taught me. And then I was like, Mom, is there a religious overtone to this? And she was like, Yes, it's heaven. And I'm like, Oh, I was reading this. I was reading this completely <laughs> wrong. religiously the whole time. Oops. So under the sky is also under heaven. Yes. Well, okay then. Yes. So Sky Realm could very much also mean that in, in Japanese or Chinese. Heaven Realm. I do, I do love the idea that other people are picking up on our di- idea that the, 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 the English canon has to be separate from the Japanese canon because we can't engage with the Japanese canon. We can't read Japanese. But Cameron, what if uh, I find like a blog post or a forum post that translates the Japanese slightly differently from the NOA translation? Does that mean the NOA translators are lazy and didn't pay attention? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) 
where has, where has this been brought? I guess a lot of timeline theorists on the internet argue that. Yes, that is the pivotal thing that, that people who complain about NOA translators say. Fans of Japanese games who do not speak Japanese love to cite random blog posts or forum posts that prove that the translation is bad. That was the whole overarching thing about how the journal in Breath of the Wild seemed to be written from Link's perspective in Japanese. And they were like, oh, they're removing a lot of the emotional overtones and shipping um, from it. But it's like the, the way that it's written in Japanese is actually Japanese doesn't always have an I pronoun <laughs> called it's, out. It's often sometimes assumed. Yes. So a perfectly fine way of interpreting it is the way it's been written. Which is you. Anyway, it, you can't be blinded by your shipping desires. Says Monica. <laughs> yes. Even Monica says Think this. of the big picture shipping wars. Yes. Monica's shipping the battle. occurs on the cosmic scale. <laughs> but I, I, I really like the idea that each language version of the Zelda canon has to be treated separately because a lot of the stories are very different and language is very different. I wonder how many Zelda games have been officially translated into Chinese, actually. It's probably around the same amount as Dutch. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but we should look we should look that up at some point. We don't have to do it right now, but we should look it up at some point. Oh, that's that's really fun to hear. I, I like the idea of the Kingdom of Heaven, the idea that the the Zonai and Dutch seem much more like gods based on that language. Crystal, would you have been okay with it if in Tears of the Kingdom, the Sky Islands had been called the Heavens? That would have been awesome. Yeah. We would have gone like, well, there aren't Zonai living up there anymore or at all. Hey, how do we feel about the Zonai being the ancestors of the Uku? Their cities in the sky are pretty different. That's true. and But the Uku are descended from gods who lived in the sky. So there's been time for things to change. Everybody claims this heritage. Yeah, everybody. I think the Hylians also invariably. No, no, of... people attribute the heritage. Or it's like, oh, the Uku used to be Hylians. Oh, the Uku used to be the Wind Tribe. Oh, the Uku used to be the Zonai. It's like how everybody... every empire is descended from Troy. Yes. We all come from Amaterasu. Yes. We all hail from the Golden Age. We're all we descended all, from Abraham. We all come from a distant nebula. Yes. God, saying that we're all descended from Abraham hit me a little too hard, a little too real, Crystal. Okay. That was one of our children's songs back in uh, Sunday school. Really? Yeah. Father Abraham? Shit, yeah. Absolutely. People do be claiming descent from Abraham. People love to claim descent from Abraham. What, what about if you had a Chinese person there? I mean, what if they're Jewish? Fair enough. But, but hmm, I don't know enough about this. Yeah, don't worry about it too much. Just know there, that there are many people all around the world who also claim to be descended from the lost tribes of Israel. That's that that's very true. There are even there are even some fringe theories that the Japanese are descended from a lost tribe of Israel. I have heard those fringe theories, and I I think I've seen a documentary about them. Yeah, it's there's all kinds of reasons to try to claim God, and that's why everyone claims to be descended from the gods of the sky. Woof. I'm going to try to look up how to pronounce this name real quick. Okay. So we've got an email here from Sersha. Is Tears of the Kingdom even the sequel to Breath of the Wild? 
Is Breath of the Wild the sequel to Tears of the Kingdom? Sersha. Um, that's a r- I would have been able to engage with this a lot more bluntly if it weren't for the second half where I'm like, now I have to think, is Breath of the Wild the sequel to Tears of the Kingdom? Is Breath of the Wild the sequel to Tears of the Kingdom? No. No, it Very can't. good question. <laughs> I don't think it is. I but could I don't, it be? I mean, I mean, Coco would have had to have gotten younger. <laughs> and Pia stops being the chief and Impa takes it. No, no, it's, it's, prepos- it's preposterous on its face. But the question, is Tears of the Kingdom even the sequel to Breath of the I feel like <laughs> Saoirse may have just sent us a line from an early episode of the Tears of the Kingdom episodes and sent it into us as an email. We have asserted that different games that were thought to be sequels of other games are not. Oh my god. Crystal, That's true. you held for a bit that maybe maybe Breath of the Wild didn't happen. How are you feeling about it right this second? I mean, it's it's kind of a flip of the coin based on the evidence. What does your heart tell you? It is the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Okay. Far be it from me to speak against crystal's heart here i also think it's probably breath of the wild but it's a weird sequel to breath of the wild it is a very nintendo sequel yes in which everything that they didn't really care for or think fit they didn't try to make work it's they been cast discarded. It out. yeah and i respect it oh yeah but it, it it makes our job a little bit more bizarre job he says as if we're getting paid for this bullshit <laughs> This next email is from Jerry. Hello, Crystal, Monica, and Cam. Not really a question, but a friend just accidentally texted Denise, meaning Demise, and I told them I'd call him that for forever now. Denise the Demon King. Anyways, love, love, love the Tears of the Kingdom episodes, and thank you all for your hard work and humor. Jerry. Denise became a fork. (laughs) Denise became a fork. The curse of Denise. Denise the Demon King. Sure. Denise... Eternal enemy of Hylia. Denise, who has conquered time. (laughs) I mean, like, Sonia's name is just Sonia. Denise, known by many names throughout the ages. And and maybe Denise would cause less of an eye roll than Demise when they introduced Demise's name. I don't know. I... (laughs) I eye rolled really hard. At Demise? At Demise. Crystal, how hard did you roll your eyes at Demise? What do you mean? Monica found the name Demise to be enormously silly back in 2011. Like, if you named the bad guy, you know, bad guy, killer death. Yeah, that's a good thing to name a bad guy. (laughs) It's not quite the same as Ganondorf, Mandrag Ganon. Listen, I I wish that George would have gotten to call him Darth Stinky. Oh, gosh. Darth Stinky? Darth Stinky. Darth Baticus? No, it has to drop the the in part, so... I'm looking at, um, on the Zelda fandom wiki. I can't remember if this is the good one or not. I should go to the Zelda wiki.wiki. So, Demise isn't called Demise in other language versions. In Japanese, he is Shuen no Mono, which is the person of Demise. I'm guessing that means the personification of endings, which is kind of a cool. cool name. In French, he is the Avatar of the Void. What? Which is fucking sick. And in German, he is literally Deathbringer. Would you have rolled your eyes at those names? No, those are Death all much cooler. Too much. Deathbringer's too much. Yeah. 
How about Avatar of the Void? Avatar of the Void's pretty good. That's very similar to Person of Demise in a sense. Person of Demise is the best one. Those are all, in my opinion, than Demise. I I guess that if you were going to do it in English, you would have to call him something like The End. Incarnation of Death. No, it's like, I am the end. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, like that. Yes. That could have been okay. Yes. Is Hylia then the beginning or the continuance? Um, I don't think that it has anything to do with Hylia. She's just one of the things that he wants to end. Crystal, is Hylia beginnings or continuance? Hylia is a continuance. I'd agree with that. I am all death. Something like that. I'm death, destroyer of worlds. Don't do that. Not that one. We don't talk about Oppenheimer in this house. What are you looking up, Crystal? Zelda jokes. Oh, no. Yay. Monica, what would you have given to Demise as a name? Would you have made up a name for him similar to how Ganon sounds kind of made up? Makeup name, don't give him a name. One of those two. Yes. So he just has a title, not a name. Yes. I mean, if they said, like, he is Demise, but didn't mean, like, his name is Demise, that would be cooler. Oh. Dark Invader. No. (laughs) Dark Insidious. No. Maybe Dark Dark Baddie. Ismal. Savage Oppress. (laughs) Did Lucas name Savage... I'm not sure who named Savage, but I think Lucas gave that a thumbs up. He heard that shit. He was like, hell yeah, man. That's the one. What was the Darth name that he wanted? It wasn't actually Darth Stinky, but it was something close. It was like the words I hear thrown around in my brain are like Darth Icky or Darth Baticus. Yeah, it was Darth Icky, wasn't it? It might have been. Yeah, he legitimately wanted Darth Icky and Darth Insanius. Yes. (laughs) But it should have just been Sanius. That's my boy. That's my boy. He wants Darth Icky and Darth Insanius. I love this guy. Look at this fucking guy. He was about to name the person Luke Starkiller. Yeah. Like the, the materials had basically been locked in. Yes. He was called George Star- is the only one who understands that Star Wars is not supposed to be that good. He's the only one who gets that it is supposed to be exactly as um, unserious as Flash Gordon. It's yes. pulp. Yeah, he wanted it to be pulp. And if people didn't pick up on that, well, that's fine. He didn't necessarily need to make a million billion dollars. But then he made a million billion dollars. And people had very different ideas. It's like, oh, Star Wars is culture. Star Wars is very important. It's not important. It's, it's very silly. Your experience with it can be important, but that doesn't mean the work itself is important. Crystal, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Arcane Crystal and on Patreon at Arcane Crystal, where you can listen to episodes of this podcast one week early. We are part of the Audio Entropy Network. Go to audioentropy.com, hit the About section. There will be a link to the Discord where you can come talk to us. You can listen to other podcasts on Audio Entropy, such as Eidolon Playtest, an actual play podcast about testing the Eidolon tabletop RPG game, where you have a a JoJo stand or a persona. You can do things with it. You can do things like, my Eidolon can turn anything it touches into another thing, or my Eidolon can perfectly detect something, or my Eidolon can obliterate my enemies by doing blah blah blah. 
Do they get stronger the more complexity they have? I mean, I think the system is best suited to extremely specific powers that sound almost useless. Yeah. Then you find a way to make them useful. I love it. That's the good stuff. That is, that's stripping away the overcomplications that can bog down stories of that genre. And for the record, you can find me on Twitter at CamWriter. I don't know how much longer that's going to be true, though. Twitter is really unraveling in terms of being a website that you use. Find Cameron on Discord. Don't. Well, I mean, you can. No, I'll be in the Book of Medora yeah, channel. I'm still on the Audio Entropy Discord. If you shout for me in there, I'll probably be like, what? Hold on. I found a list of real Eidolon powers from Eidolon Oyster. Okay. Alchemist power. Turn any elements I touch into an adjacent element on the periodic table. That's, oh, that's so great. specific. Virtuoso. My Eidolon is a real physical garden trowel, and through it I can push my mastery of gardening beyond physical limits, allowing me to turn any wound into my garden. A wound? A wound. Okay. That... Conductor power. My Eidolon warps reality by making things that approach me get smaller and things that move away get bigger. What the fuck? <laughs> Beast. My Eidolon helps me pursue my animal urges by turning dead things into sugar. Turning dead things into sugar. Okay. So now meat, meat is vegan. That's right. Meat is vegan. Is it vegan? No. <laughs> I guess it's non-vegan sugar. Yes. Okay. Those are all extremely specific. If you're on an all-carnivore diet, I guess it might be slightly useful. <laughs> I, I. This just makes me think like... I would want, like, an adventure quest, but I also would like all of the players setting up a coffee shop or something. Yeah. How do they use this to run a coffee shop? Yes. I see. We've been watching um, Hunter Hunter lately, and Monica's enjoying the way that the world building in Hunter Hunter flashes fleshes out not just the experience of the titular hunters, but also the lives of the people around them. How so? Um... While there is a group of people who are hunters, who are, uh, through through examination and qualification, very s- strong fighters in their own regard. They have to be. Yeah. Um, anyone can access the level of mastery of spirit and powers towards their own work, even if they're not even aware of the concepts. So if you, um, you, if you are a potter and you work very hard at pottery... Uh, you will use that spiritual power and imbue your works with it. That's awesome. Yeah. And the power system is used to help expand on the way that people interact with the world outside of just the scope of hunters. So you get a sense that they're moving through a world that's populated with real people instead of just background characters who are only there to lend stakes to the conflicts. That's why Togashi's the master of shonen. He actually is. That's no shit. God, I hope he manages to recover at some point. Not even to finish Hunter Hunter. I'm okay with him never finishing it, but I'd like for him to not be in constant agonizing pain all the time. That would be nice. Yeah. So have you got a Zelda joke? This comes in from jokojokes.com slash Zelda-jokes. Jokojokes? Jokojokes.com slash Zelda-jokes. Joke of jokes. A real joke of a joke. I heard a rumor that the next Legend of Zelda game is to be set in a Hyrule version of Spain. 
but nobody believes me. They don't expect a Spanish link decision. No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like it when they're more tortured like this. I feel like that could have been massaged better. Like Nintendo recently announced that the next Legend of Zelda. I thought you were in Spain. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that could have been more misogynistic. <laughs> no, it could have been massaged better. Because if you said it that way, and it's like, yes, nobody expected the Spanish link decision. That would be a better setup. Yeah, Thank I, you. I hear that the I hear that the live action Zelda movie is going to star some famous Spanish actor. Antonio yes, Banderas yes. yeah. is Rauru. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, every it, it really caught us all off guard. Nobody was expecting the Spanish link decision. Yeah, right. Like this could have been. Let's workshop it. We've we've workshopped it. It's dead now. Okay. All right. We killed that joke. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.